You're listening to the Boss You Podcast with Susan Hyatt and Laura Wagner. I'm Susan Hyatt. I'm a master certified life and business coach, an author, and entrepreneur. And I'm Laura Wagner. I'm a psychologist, a life coach, and a group fitness instructor. We're both moms and wives with full, busy lives. We're both obsessed with Beyonce. And we're both proud feminists who believe that women should have access to anything they want, personally, professionally, and financially. And we're both super passionate about the life coaching industry. Together, we started Boss University, which is a training program for women who want to become certified coaches and change people's lives through the art of life coaching. This is our podcast, and we hope this podcast gives you a big burst of energy. We hope it makes you laugh, and we hope it inspires you to charge after your goals like a boss. You can create any kind of life that you want, any kind of business that you want, and any kind of legacy that you want. There's nothing more powerful than a woman who has made up her mind and who has decided to boss up and go after what she wants. Okay, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome everybody. It's Susan Hyatt here with my fantabulous cohort, Laura Wagner. Hi, Laura. Hi, babe. I love being called fantabulous. I love made up amazing words. (laughs) You are fantabulous. Somebody's fabulous. Um, (laughs) I love that line from that movie. Um, Wasn't that Father of the Bride, the event planner? Yes. What was his pronk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I say that all the time. Uh, so we're talking about being brilliant and nasty. Yes. Yes. Favorite things. <laughs> so it's really about, um, it's really about being a whole woman, I think. And it's interesting how... Take my daughter, for example. How often people want to make sure that she smiles Mm. because she doesn't a lot. I mean, she does. She actually jokes around quite a bit, but she is serious and deep and fiery and passionate. And that doesn't always look like polite, pleasant, smiley, happy face. Um, In fact... Recently, um, I posted, she gave me this hilarious, I know you saw it, Lara, this hilarious gift for my birthday, and it was a Yankee candle, and, a, <laughs> and apparently now, if you listeners didn't know this, you can custom order a Yankee candle with your photo on it and whatever you want it to say. I love it. So she put she put this hilarious she put this photo of herself where she's got this very boss looking face on, and then she um, in the in the text of the candle the title of it she basically was saying that she was the superior child in my house <laughs> that she was above <laughs> Ryan, um, and it was it was funny and and cute and I loved it and I posted that on Facebook and there were some people women who commented and said why does she look so sad and I thought it was so funny like that they didn't have any understanding that that was like a a selfie boss looking face. And that she wasn't sad at all. She was very confident. Um, And I think that 
when we are women who are experiencing our whole selves, we have all sorts of emotions and we can be nasty women if we want to be. And the pushback that we can get in society for being so. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think both you and I have experienced in our businesses, it's apparently wildly uncomfortable or it goes even beyond uncomfortable. It makes other people angry or upset when they see or hear um, another woman who really stands strong in her power and her intelligence and her opinions and her emotions. I think it's really important to mention emotions here. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we're expressing our anger, our disappointment, our sadness, and we do it in a way that's very pointed. And I love using the word my flagrant language. I mean, it's made some people that um, know me pretty well uncomfortable. They're like, that that's not you. That doesn't seem like the Laura I know. And I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe you and I started hanging about five years ago, but I've always <laughs> been this way. And it's sort of evolved, especially over the past few years, that I'm just more comfortable with being expressive about those things. And it's not always... Well, I don't even like saying, Susan, that it's not always pretty to see. It's just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes our training program, our school, different from anything that I think the two of us have seen that's out there, it's really helping the women who learn the, the art and science of coaching and building a business really stand in all the parts of who they are. Um, And even those parts that maybe they're afraid of themselves. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not so much even that other people, how are they going to react to me, but their own sense of defiance or anger or, you know, and just how they show up in the world that way. It is, um, it is, it's both, you can be both brilliant and you can be nasty and they don't have to, um, be mutually exclusive. And we love that. (laughs) We We, We do love it. And I love, um, I'm thinking of an example, listening to you discuss this over the weekend, there was another life coach who I love, and she was posting a very vulnerable update on Facebook about some things that were going on in her life. And she basically was saying, you know, you know, if, if there are life coaches out there telling you that you can learn thought work and you can learn how to master yourself so that you're never sad again you know let me just tell you that that's not that's not true we're all human and and I jumped on her thread to applaud her for being vulnerable but to also say who is trying to tell people that if you learn life coaching skills that you'll never be sad again how ridiculous because how wonderful all of our emotions are and how anger and sadness and jealousy and, you know, any of those things that come up that we typically want to push away and hide and not shine a light on um, can be very helpful to helping us process what's going on with ourselves, learn to understand ourselves better and inform us of messages that we need to hear about ourselves. So it's really interesting how even within our own industry, There are people who are wildly uncomfortable with what is perceived as negative emotion. So if they see a woman expressing anger and using her voice to express that anger, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 
What's you haven't done your work? What's going on with you? And it's actually like, you know what? This is the work expressing anger in a healthy way and saying like, hey, this is what's going on. And this is how I'm feeling about it can give us a lot of power. Well, it's it, what I think I like to call enlightenment shaming. <laughs> yes. Like, like, you know, especially people that are in the personal development um, field, mental health, that sort of thing where you're trying to better yourself and examine your mind and what's going on. You know, just because we're doing that, actually, it, it should be because we're doing that, we should allow ourselves to do what you said, to to feel and examine those emotions, not to like clean them up. I'm just becoming a bigger and bigger fan as I get older of like be in the mess, be in a place where you can r- come out of the muck of it. And like you said, begin to see like, okay, what is there for me to know here? But it's really okay I'm just going to go ahead and say it since it's the nasty podcast. It's really fucking okay (laughs) to to say those words and to say, you know what? That hurt my feelings and it made me mad and people don't understand me and they don't get me. And um, I don't understand why people treat women like that. I mean, just to come out and say what it is and for it to be messy. I, I think it does make people uncomfortable. But I think we have a long history in our culture of putting women well, women exclusively, I was going to say especially, but exclusively backing us into that corner of, you know, probably at the turn of the century and more Victorian times, it was called being in hysterics. She's a hysteric. It was actually like a mental health diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a woman that was expressing any sort of emotion, very sensitive, whatever it was, uh, probably (laughs) at that time in history, you were so like overwrought with being pushed down in every single way in society, I would fucking get hysterical too. I would have never made it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that we do that now in our modern day culture when, um, you know, I I had people say to me when I had a reaction, I did a, a Facebook live and it was actually a very well thought out, like, you know, when, women say this about other women that there were some people making comments on our work that we had, you know, built them were vapid and it's built on our looks and our bodies and we're not really there to serve other women. And I had some really pointed things to say about that. And I did have some people coming to me saying, why did you let that get to you? Why'd you let that get under your crawl? So it's almost like they they think they're telling you, why can't you, I thought you were tougher than that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a way to say that a woman's hysterical and I call bullshit on it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think that that is what is so unsettling for people is to see a woman expressing emotion and calling bullshit on culture at large on things that that aren't okay with us because we're taught from such a young age to be nice, be polite, don't fly under the radar, don't ruffle any feathers. What would the neighbors think? And You know, I'm here to say that all of those messages kept me unhappy and overweight for many years. And it really was a a journey into learning how to use my voice and say what the fuck I want to (laughs) say and do what I want to do. And if other people aren't... um, 
aren't okay with that, then they're not my people, you know? And, and, uh, so I know Laura, you and I both have worked very hard to surround ourselves with people who can keep up and who can hang. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, and I, I don't think that means, and you and I've talked about this a lot too, that you have like certain friends that you totally, I mean, I, I certainly have plenty of friends in certain realms of my life that they aren't as colorful or their personalities, you know, exude the kind of language or maybe the, I like to think of it as passion that I have, but you know, we just have a different connection and move through the world in different ways, but it still works out. And then I have certain, um, threads of friends that I'm very close to that actually, you know, kind of get with the whole big picture of who I am and I, who they are. And those are the ones that, um, those people in my life that, like you said, they can hang and, you know, it's just a really powerful feeling to connect yourself with, with people like that and to rise higher, not just for yourself, but you sort of feel the tide for the other women that you're around, um, that, that shifts so many things, not just for your individual self. And it's really powerful. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, in other, in episode one, we talked about how making money is a feminist act. Um, and I think in this episode, it's a feminist act to express your emotions, to allow yourself to quote unquote, be unladylike, um, you know, in, in everything from how your face is resting, you know, (laughs) to, to what language you use. I know you and I both have received pushback on social media and, um, via our email list from people who are like, you know, you really have a lot of amazing things to say. I really wish you'd knock off the cursing. And I'm sort of like, um, the fucking door is over there. <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of like, why, why women are so susceptible to this messaging from birth that you have to be pleasant, that you have to look a certain way, that you have to sound a certain way. And if you are going to use your voice, there's an appropriate way to do it. And dirty words are not okay. Oh, yeah. Big time. And I think I was telling you earlier when we were talking about this, the thing that I've noticed about a lot of women that you know, I, I feel like I stand in that really powerful place with them of knowing who they are and you know, knowing how they want to show up in the world. It, it feels like, you know, these amazing, intelligent women that the more we know that about ourselves and the more we are the way we are in the world, the more colorful our language gets. And it's really not about the language. It's really about the expressiveness of who we are. The language is just, well, to me, it's a fucking fun byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's so fun to play with it. And I know we can quote that there are studies that show that women who swear tend to have a higher level of intelligence. <laughs> so it's been backed up by science. But you're right. There's just such a – I mean I can rem- remember as I'm sure, you know, we're two Catholic schoolgirls and not to blemish anything, you know, about how our family raised us or anything. But they were just following sort of the cultural mores that they knew that, you know, until I was like way up there in my teenage years, if you said the word fuck, 
I mean, mm-hmm. we did get our mouth washed out with soap, but it was just blaspheme. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if you're a woman in the family and, um, yeah. And I can just remember holding that and couple that with the fact that I was a very, and still am a very sensitive woman and I'm very present with my emotions, whatever I'm feeling. I, if it moves me, I cry, I laugh, that kind of thing. Um, and always trying to get myself to kind of regulate and think like, oh, do I have to turn down the volume on that? Are people going to think I'm hysterical or, you know, a mess, that kind of thing. And just the more comfortable I've become in who I am, knowing who I am, knowing how I want to show up in the world, um, you know, I just feel more and more powerful. And what comes with that is me being very intelligent and smart and the words that come out of my mouth. I mean, you're right. There are people (laughs) I've said a lot about this. There was one lady, she took the time to send me like real mail in, in like put a stamp on it. She got, had to go through whatever on the web and find my home address. And I was so excited that I got a a card in the mail because when you get a handwritten note, you're like, Oh, this is so awesome. But she did proceed to tell me that I was a very beautiful woman and with a beautiful message and important things to say. But here's the key, Susan. She said she didn't like my language. And what was underneath those words was, I'm not comfortable with you Mm -hmm. because I was taught not to be comfortable with you know, this kind of language with a woman speaking this way. And that's Mm -hmm. really coaching myself around that when I got through the mess of my reaction, like, she doesn't know me. (laughs) (laughs) That I was like, oh, this, it it is, it's like, it's not about me. It -hmm. really is. It's Mm -hmm. about something else. It can still hurt and make you mad and you can still realize it's not about you. Mm -hmm. I know. I mean, it's, it, it is interesting in terms of, how you look, you better smile and be pleasant, but don't look too good. Um, how you sound, you know, you better watch the language that you use. It has to be socially acceptable, um, you know, and the topics that you that you want to talk about. So if you want to talk about sex, if you want to talk about politics, if you want to talk about um, the patriarchy, if you want to talk about things that money, it makes people very, very, very uncomfortable. And it's interesting to think about, you know, what does it mean to be brilliant and nasty? And I think that in terms of being interesting to myself, Mm. that's what really matters. And what's interesting to myself is not being overly concerned with what other people are going to think. And so then the result of that is people saying, you just put it all out there. And <laughs> actually, I, I don't. Want to let you. <laughs> I know. That's great. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what's so funny is that, there is so much that goes on, and you know, Laura, in your life, too. There's so much that goes on with the Hyatt Riot that never makes it to press. And it doesn't make it to press, so to speak, because there are other people in this house that want some privacy. So I'm not able to share everything. My God, if I shared everything, I don't know if people are ready. I don't know if they're ready for it. But... They ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that everybody, you know, this isn't this podcast isn't designed 
so that we want you all to go out and start dropping F-bombs in front of your great-grandmother and, you know, offending people. What what I hope is that people think a little bit about what does it mean to be a nasty woman? And, um, and am I expressing myself fully? Am I sharing all sides of myself with the world? And, of course, this, again, is building up your tolerance for vulnerability. So, you know, that definitely is a practice. But I think the more that we can really reveal who we are, what we feel, what we think, when it's dark and messy, that's really what connects human beings with one another. It is. And I think what I've learned in my work is over the years becoming the woman I want to be and the coach that I want to be is, is that connection to other people. And that also that connection to, I think I say a lot that I am, when people say to me, as they do to you, wow, you just, as my brother says to me, when I'll put post something, sometimes he'll say to me, you just let your balls hang out there in the wind, don't you? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, but the answer I have to that, which I, I love that he says that because it's meant in admiration because he know, knows me so well, but I'm so deeply committed to being who I am and not shoving that aside anymore and being so deeply connected to myself and how I want to be in the world that, um, you know, that's, there's just nothing that's going to stop me or I'm, I'm not going to let it stop me for long if I hesitate or I, you know, kind of get banged up or hurt along the way. And I'm, I think what you and I can impart to, it's a really powerful thing that I'm like, guess, look what we get to do, Susan Hyatt, with these coaches <laughs> that wanting to train coaches, undergrad and masters that are so deeply committed to that connection with themselves and all that comes with it. And that that is going to foster for them that connection to the people that they're going to serve and mm-hmm. their people, their tribe, not sort of pandering to all these different groups like, well, I know the moms over here that do pure bar on Tuesdays love me, but they hate when I drop F-bombs everywhere. So I'm going to edit myself for that. But then these Mm -hmm. ladies over here, like, you know, it's just really deciding where you're going to show up and how you're going to show up and doing it for you because it's going to bring you the life and, you know, in terms of work, the business that you want to have. I think that's really beautifully said, you know, for those of you listening, how are you editing yourself? And I mean, honest to God, I think girls, women from the age of birth were taught to edit ourselves, to edit the hell out of ourselves in different, you know, if you're going to school, if you're going to church, when you're with your parents, when you're with your peers. And I think what happens over time is that there's extreme editing that can happen because we're we're given messages that that's not okay, that's not ladylike, that's not appropriate. Whereas, you know, I've raised a boy and a girl. I know you have too, and how culturally they're they're pretty well, you know, they're accepted to to a certain extent. Um, it's acceptable for them to express themselves fully. Mm-hmm. And it's not ladylike at all. And I'm using air quotes around ladylike. And so I think it's really interesting work to look at, you know, for us as women, 
Can we express ourselves fully? Can we challenge ourselves to stop editing editing ourselves in different ways? Yeah, just saying who they are and what's on their mind. I think we were in a restaurant and our three three of our collective four kids were together, Grace, Ryan, and Emily. And I think I asked your son, like, who was cutting his hair in Louisville um, when he was there? And he was like, well, there's a gay guy and a black guy. And, and he's just saying that's <laughs> freely what it is. And we were both kind of like, we just had that reaction of what you should or shouldn't say too loud or out loud. And mm-hmm. Ryan said, and then Grace reiterated for me later, she's like, mom, we just sort of speak whatever's going on in our minds. We speak what, what is true, a gay man and a black man cut Ryan's hair. And I got, it got me to thinking like about the bigger picture of things that this generation coming up, they're just so, at least from what I'm seeing, in my own, through my own daughter's eyes, it's so much more comfortable with the expressiveness of calling what they see, of you know, speaking what's true, and that you know that's definitely got to change how you know women and and men show up in the world. But I think you and I are at that place in our our middle age where we're really putting the pedal to the floor with like, oh. Wait, I got woke in the past 10 years. This is what's <laughs> happening now. <laughs> and we're, maybe in some ways we're our kids, we always say our kids are our greatest coaches. And they're sort of showing us how they show up in the world. And, you know, we show up the way we want to. And not everybody our age is very, especially our age and, and older is, there's a lot of discomfort with that with some people. And some people are very inspired by it. They're I'm sure you've had a lot of women as other women come to me and say, you know, you're brave or you're courageous or you're free with who you are. And I would love to be more of that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that every woman who decides not to edit herself and to stand in sometimes the uncomfortableness of other people's reactions to that free every single time can has the possibility or the potential to free another woman. So while I do get hate mail, I most nine out of 10, you know, messages that I get are positive. And, you know, thank you for saying what you said, whether it's on Facebook or in a podcast or on a webinar or in person. Thank you for doing that because it really helped me see that I could speak up about, you know, fill in the blank. And, the more we can cheerlead one another when we don't edit ourselves, when we say, like, you know what, um, I chose not to have children because I don't want them, or I chose not to get married because I don't believe in monogamy, or I chose um, to stay at home with my kids because I actually really like being a caretaker. You know, everyone has their own path and their own truth, and one isn't better than the other, and the cool thing about being a feminist is that you get to decide what the hell you want to do. Yeah, it's that's the thing that especially when a woman talks to me and, and I notice now that my kids are older and I'm in a different era of my motherhood when I hear maybe at the gym younger moms women talking about their choices around something like nursing their child versus bottle feeding their child. And I always say as much as I can at the top of my lungs as they're going through the motions of, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? People think this, people think that. 
and about that issue or anything else for another woman, I just wish we could say more to each other. Do what works for you mm-hmm. and your family and your business, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, speak what words need to come from your mouth, whatever those may be. And, you know, if it's right for you, it's right for you. And you know what? There are certain things, if it's not right for me to listen to, that's the beauty of it too. I get to turn my attention away and, and look away from it. Um, which is what I think of when, if other people don't like things that they hear from me, Um, it's not that, well, I say this, you and I have this, it's not even a joke. It's the truth that we just don't want people telling us what to do. (laughs) There's a part of me that's like, well, wow, should I shut down the discourse? That's kind of immature. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's like, I think what I think I made a statement. If I'm not up for debating about it, then I'm not up for debating about it. And you know what? That's been probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past year or so is it's okay for me to say what I want to say and not want to get into it with somebody, even on an intelligent level. Like, let's have an intelligent conversation about this. I'm like, I don't fucking want to. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely right. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. And I don't have to. And, And that actually is a great thing to think about when you're considering, like, how am I editing myself? Because I think one other thing that women do is that they allow all this discussion to happen and all this debating to happen and that the nice and intelligent thing to do is to hear all sides all the time. And guess what? You get to decide if you don't want to have the discussion. Like, this is what I think and this is my Facebook wall or this is my actual living room or this is my party. Um, This is my car pool and... I don't have to entertain alternate points of view right now if I don't feel like it. Right. I think that happens to women more. Like we're told Mm -hmm. like, you need to hear both sides of the story or let's listen to what so-and-so has to say. Because when I think of transposing that to like a male conversation (laughs) or it just doesn't, it doesn't go like they don't, it doesn't happen as much where, there's this sort of like be nice and wait your turn kind mm-hmm. of thing, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I do know. So I think what would be kind of cool for our listeners to do is to reach out to us on the Boston University Facebook page and let's continue this discussion. Like reach out to Laura and I, tell us, you know, after listening to this, maybe you knew it before, like how are you editing yourself? Where are you doing it and why? And what small baby step could you make to remedy that? Because we don't want you edited. We want the whole you. Yes, absolutely. Show up fully as you are. Fucks and all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, queen. We hope you loved this episode. Here's your next move. If you're curious about becoming a certified life coach, check out Boss University. Boss U is a coach certification program. If you're in the health and wellness industry, if you work as a therapist or a professor or a school guidance counselor, you run a company, manage a team at work, or if your work has anything to do with helping people reach their potential, then adding a life coaching certification to your toolkit would be an excellent move. Just go to bossuniversity.com. 
to learn more about what you can do with a life coaching certification and why these skills are so valuable and applicable to almost any industry. At BossUniversity.com, you'll also see all the info about Boss University and you can decide if this is right for you. No pressure, of course. However, if you're shopping around for a certification program, our program is definitely the most fun. That is no joke. We roll out the red carpet for you. We feed you incredible food. We do training sessions in a gorgeous artsy hotel instead of a boring conference room. We make the training experience fun and beautiful and uplifting. Most importantly, we give you tons of business and marketing training because we don't just want you to become a great coach. We want you to become a great coach who makes great money. Again, the website is bossuniversity.com. Hop over, check it out, review the curriculum, read testimonials from our students. Decide if this feels right for you. And meanwhile, feel free to listen to another Boss You podcast episode. See you in the next episode.